it's Lauren. Welcome back to Run That Ish Back. This is episode four. Episode four is going to be called Situationships. Um, so this episode, I have a special guest, Therese LaShawn. Um, I initially met her with us teaching. We've literally traveled the world together in New Orleans and to Paris. Um, and right now she's in Cali producing. So welcome, Therese. Hi, you guys. Hi. so all right um so this episode we're basically going to be talking about situationships like i said we've all hopefully maybe for adults we've been in situationships or we've seen people be in situationships but similar to like the last episode before we get to the juicy stuff i do want to talk about like some things that are happening in the world and the great thing about this episode is that Therese is here and if you know Therese, you know she's going to have something to say so this episode should be interesting. Okay? Yeah, okay, okay. So, All right now. <laughs> I think we're now in February, and I think January went fast. Like, I felt like it was January 1st, and now it's February 2nd. And I'm just like, where did the time go? Literally a blink. Like, I, I think, I don't know what's going on with the months, but it seems like either nights the days, days or nights. It's it's just, it goes by so fast now. Yeah, I feel like we're about to be in this pandemic for a whole year. And I'm like, I remember I thought it was going to be over by June. And now we're about to be in here for a whole year. And I'm like, I just want to be free. Let me be free. (laughs) Exactly. I literally, like, especially since, you know, I was in my, you know, calm phase. Like, okay, we got to do what we got to do for, you know, this to settle through. And it's January 2021 and folks still out here with no mask on and living their life. So I literally went into CVS maybe an hour ago to pick up some milk. And this woman was like walking around with no mask on. And then when she got to the register, she was like, oh, my God, I forgot. And I'm just like, girl, like you you didn't feel the freeness of your mouth. Like you can't afford to be forgetting. Like we all could die. Do you forget it? Yeah, we can't afford that. We cannot afford that. And what kills me is when people actually pull their mask down to cough or sneeze. I've seen that before. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Like, I don't get it either. Like, sometimes I feel bad, like when I'm in a grocery store trying to open up the fruit and vegetable bag to put it in and I have to like lick my finger and I'm just like, oh my God, I don't want anyone thinking I'm trying to be like irresponsible. (laughs) So I just don't be getting like how people be so freely or like how people still don't get six feet. Like six feet is not six inches. Six six feet. Like you're too close to me. Mm-mm. It's so funny because I go to, I normally go to Sprouts grocery store and it's every time I go in and they're like, please make sure that your mask is over your mouth and your nose, please. Thank you. <laughs> like they have to understand that it's over your mouth and nose. Like yeah. it's airborne. So you take air through your nose. So yes, I think it's also like maybe I ain't gonna lie to you. Sometimes I'll be having my mask on and it's a humbling process because my breath just don't be right. And I'm like, is it the mask or is it my breath? And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> That's when you realize I can actually smell my own breath. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the struggle and it's, it's real. Like the dental industry is making a lot of money during this time because people are like, oh, I need to go figure out what's wrong with my mouth because my breath can't be smelling like this in public. <laughs> <sighs> Like, I can't. Oh, true. 
But I think like even on the sadder side of COVID is like, I know within the last two weeks, like my mother has been calling me and letting me know that people either that like I grew up with have like contracted COVID or like older people have died from it. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is like, I think people got too comfortable in the summertime thinking that COVID had gone down and was still here. And it's like, people are really like getting sick and dying. And I don't even, sometimes for the older people, I don't even think it's like they're out and about. I think it's the people that they're allowing around them. And I'm just like, we can't forget like how serious this pandemic is and how deadly is that. Like it's really impacting middle, many people. And I sometimes get scared that I'm not doing enough to like be away from it. Right. I've noticed as well, like in the past month, like three people have, I, I know like, died of COVID and they're like in their forties and fifties and that's still young, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy because when it hits home, it's, it's a different story. But one thing I've also realized too, is that, you know, my father, my sister, my brother-in-law and my niece had COVID last year. Um, luckily none of them had to go in the hospital. Thank goodness. But I realized after they had COVID and that was that hit close to home, I realized that, um, and they were still acting a plum fool with COVID, like leaving. I, I realized like people are really gonna do what they wanna do. We gonna be in this in quite some time. Yeah, we gonna be in this quite some time because people like were acting, like my sister was acting like, oh, I don't know if I had COVID. She had went back twice. I said, so if you saw the first test, what made you think that? She was like, I wanna go get a second opinion. Went to get a second opinion and then she had COVID. I'm like, uh, I can, you could barely talk. This is talk. your estimation. This is not like you're trying to buy a car. This is not like you're trying to get something fixed. This is like science. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, and you want to be actually isolated. That means you have to be in a room by yourself. You mean you tell me my fiance? I'm like, okay. Yeah, this is what you have to do. Yeah, I just think like people don't get it. I think it's also like, so I've had situations where like I've had like a fever or I felt fatigue and I thought I had COVID and just the fear. Like I was like, oh my God, I can die. My children will have to be raised without a mother. Like these are the things that go through my mind and I immediately go take a COVID test. And like, luckily I haven't ever had COVID, but I'm just like, when people feel the symptoms and they end up having it, like, why aren't you conscious of like what you can do to other people? Or just like, oh, let right. me take care of myself because I want to get better. Right. Like, I just don't want to, even right. if you're selfish, I don't want to die. <laughs> like, right. like my mom, like she still sometimes go to church on Sundays. And I'm like, girl, Jesus is everywhere. Oh, you want to build that with Yes, because, you know, she's in North Carolina, so the rates are not that high. Okay. I'm just like, it's dangerous. Okay. You need to sit at home. And she was like, no, Jesus got me. And I was like, faith doesn't mean stupidity. But <laughs> it sure does not. It sure does not. <laughs> It sure does not. Uh uh-uh. And she's just like, oh, ma'am. Go ahead. Sorry. I know I've traveled, um, in, what, four times throughout this whole pandemic. And, you know, I was safe and everything. I was as scared as I don't know what. Um, you know, but at the same time, it's just kind of like I had, I had to travel through because of family issues and, and business and everything like that. But, you know, every time I travel and I came back home, I made sure I quarantined. I made sure I even took a you know test before I went to travel, make sure I got back quarantined and took a test. And thank God, you know, I'm, I've been COVID free still. But you just really have to take precautions on yourself as well. I think it really has to do with diet. 
I really do think it has to do with like the immune system. So everyone needs to really make sure you have to understand how to be able to just really just be mindful and be cognizant of like really taking these precautions. Yeah. I think like I started taking elderberry during the pandemic. Um, and, you know, I think to be honest with you, I've eaten more vegetables and stuff and like more vitamins during this time than I ever have. But what I can say when you mentioned diet, I was just like, yeah, my diet is not working out. Like I need the pandemic to last at least another four months. Cause I can't let anyone see me like this. Um, <laughs> So, you know, like I had Nuri a month before the pandemic started. I lost all the baby weight for Nuri. But then it's like around May or June, like I just felt myself getting bigger. And I just feel like it's because I can't get out and walk. So in the school building, I'm walking at least 6,000 steps a day. And now in my apartment, I'm barely making a thousand. And like, I feel like the weight has just become comfortable on me. And I don't want you to be comfortable. <laughs> I want you to go. Everybody has picked up the COVID-19, literally the COVID-19, <laughs> literally picked up the COVID-19. That's crazy. But uh, the vaccine will not be taken by me. Me? No, not me. Not I. <laughs> and I think that's something like, I, I'm glad you mentioned it. Like I want to mention to people, don't judge me because I don't want to take a vaccine because to be honest with you, vaccines have never been good for black people. Um, what I won't do is like I need all the white people and all the other people to take it first, and even then I still might not decide to take it. I don't. Yeah, really I need a whole not. bunch of batches, a whole bunch of batches to go through, a whole bunch. It's also like and what they're everybody's getting on Facebook, like posting like, "Oh, I took the vaccine." I don't care. This is not I voted. Right. This is not a sticker that you get because you voted. <laughs> no. <laughs> Good for you. Thanks. Um, but not I, I will not be taking the vaccine. I think a lot of people, what they're, what they're doing is there's a third vaccine out now. I think this with, I forgot what company. Um, but I'm like, go ahead and take the vaccine. I've never taken the flu vaccine. Um, so I really don't plan on taking this one, even though, you know, they're different, but they're not talking about the side effects afterwards. They may say minor but I've known, I have, you know, cousins who've taken, who work the front line of, um, of hospitals and they, they had to take it and she got sick. The first three, it's third, three to five days you get sick and it was serious. You may contact fever, throw up, vomiting. Yeah. And so that's what happens, but they're not going to mention that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the thing about it is like I've seen things on, on the Internet where people have mentioned those type of side effects. And you're like, you know, on the Internet, you can't really trust what is real or what is not real. But like similar to you, I know people that work in the health field and they say that they're like, oh, yeah, some of the side effects are like deadly. Like um, this lady that my mom knows, she was telling me that when she had it within the first two hours, like she had a fever over 104. And like she just felt like she couldn't breathe. And those are the type of the things that like. Yes, it's supposed to last for three to five days, but what if you can't make it those three to five days? Like those are the type exactly. of things. And I'm also like, they just found they just found a cure for this too soon, soon for me. Like HIV AIDS have been around um, for years and you haven't found a cure. Cancer has been around for years and you haven't found a cure, but you found a cure to this? Nah. Yeah. They were talking about, you know, a couple of doctors were talking about on Clubhouse how, of course, you know, HIV... And cancer, they haven't found a cure. The reason why they're saying that they're, they haven't found that is because versus, you know, um, COVID is because COVID, pe there was a massive amount of people who died in in, a, in, a, in a extreme fast amount of time. So I was like, okay, 
And also, just to go back to HIV, is, is, is HIV still around? You see how no one's talking about HIV and AIDS, right? No one really talks about it anymore. Are people still contracting HIV? It's not taboo anymore. So, like, people, if they are getting it, they're not talking about it. They're not ashamed of it. It's also, like, depending on your health insurance plan, you can be cured. Because <laughs> I'm like, does, is anybody getting AIDS anymore? Or, you know, contract HIV? I want to know. Because <laughs> we trying to fight one disease, catching another. <laughs> right. I mean, goodness. Yeah. I think another thing that I was wondering, or even thinking about in this time, so, you know, I'm in New Jersey, New York area, the tri mm-hmm. area. And what I'm noticing a lot lately is that there has been a lot of violence around women. Um, so it was just brought to my attention that this young woman in Harlem this week was walking wow. home and like she got catcalled and she ignored the man. So yeah. she took her boyfriend back to like uh, talk to him because he groped her. He ended up shooting her in the chest. She dies and he shot the boyfriend too. But the boyfriend didn't die. And I'm just like, it's to the point where I'm just like, it's a pandemic, so you really shouldn't be trying to grope anyone. But it's also like this catcalling and this mindset that men believe that they have the right to do whatever they want to the female body just has to stop. It it has to stop. Like, who are you, like, who are you to feel like I have to stop and actually talk to you first off. Um, so this is not the same situation. This can't, because the other situation about the girl in um, New York and went to the liquor store. Yeah. I tried to bite off her eye. Mm-hmm. Girl, I literally, I, I had to breathe on that one. Yeah. What is wrong with, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I think as someone that has, like, experienced it in New York, so, like, working in Harlem, like, I have been, like, necessarily grabbed by, like, someone that was on drugs trying to get my attention. And, like, mm-hmm. in that moment, I was scared because I was, like, at the end of the day, I don't have enough strength to get away from this person. And luckily, like, one of my friends was there to come to my support. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, you shouldn't have to deal with that. You should be able to walk down the street, entertain who you want to entertain, and exactly. be able to feel safe. And the thing about it is just, like, women... Like what Malcolm X says, the most unprotected person in the world is the woman, the black woman. And it's a situation where it's like, now you're in a place like, do I want to ignore this man because I don't want to be killed? Or do I entertain him even though I don't want to? It's like, women shouldn't have to have all these type of thoughts just to survive in the world. Exactly. We should not. That is crazy. And then like, you brought up Rochester, like even the thing about the police officer, like uh, pepper spraying this girl. And he was like, um, you're not a child. Yes, the fuck I am. I'm nine. <laughs> nine. See, this, this <laughs> they really don't look at us like humans. Mm-hmm. Some do not look at, you know, a lot of black women, a lot of black people as humans. And I think that that is the issue. They already have this preconceived notion already set in their head. They're, you're not like, what? What is it? Two-fifths, three-fifths a human? Like, literally, it's kind of like, um, it, it gets to a point, like, do I got to show you my papers? Like, this is not 16, you want me to show you my papers? Like, it's just, it's, it's just crazy to me. Yeah, I think it's like it's to the point right now where like I'm tired of like the I didn't know, I'm sorry, you have to see it from my point of view. Like I'm tired of that. I'm tired of like this whole scenario or uh or you like this is what happened and this is why I did it this way or this is procedure. 
I don't want to hear that no more because the thing about it is like you must have procedures for people that look like me and procedures for people that don't look like me because exactly. if the nine-year-old white girl getting uh, like abused and pepper sprayed it would have been all over and it's like this is something that's not really being talked about publicly and it's like it's only because the young girl is black and it's like if people don't know, like young black girls are overly sexualized and like pushed up in age by the age of like eight. So like when you turn eight, automatically like people see you as like, oh, maybe you might be 10 or 12. And it only happens with black girls. It's even a situation where like black girls have to be more cautious of who they naturally are and who they present themselves to be because society always like put, makes them more provocative, makes them more sexual, makes them older. And it's just like, it can't be a scenario where this is continually happening to black women for like years. It's one thing to be a mistake and it's another thing to be like, oh, this is what we're doing and this is who we naturally are. Right. Yeah. All I could think about is like, and sometimes as a parent, I just be like, I don't know what I would do in those situations. Like if my son was killed by a police officer, you might as well kill me because I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not I, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have kids, but I was thinking about that the other day. I was just like, if I had kids, Lord, I don't even know what I might do. I'll probably be, yeah, I'll be in jail. It's definitely a time to kill. Definitely. Samuel Jackson. Samuel and John Q and Nate Parker. <laughs> yeah, like it, it, it wouldn't be a conversation. It wouldn't, it, it's nothing that you could say to me for you to let me know that it was okay. It's nothing that you can give me an amount of money for me to feel like my child's life is worth that. It's just like, nah, I'm going to do you the same way you did my child. You're disposable. So let's see how that feels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I really do think that they should, there should be some type of policy when it comes to, or something. And cause it's just like, I know we tried to figure out and it's not going to be like an eye for an eye in this situation, but it, it needs to be written down somewhere. It's going to be an eye for an eye. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think we're at the generation now where we're not looking to be nice anymore. No. We're not looking to, like, uh, rub your back and tell you it's okay. We know that you didn't mean that. Like, we see you for who you are, and you're an enemy. So we're interacting with you in that mindset. You're an enemy. You're not my friend. You're not an ally. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, (laughs) But I think, like, even talking about, like, that, the Black community took a big loss this week. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I was just like, so back in the day, and if you don't know who, who we're talking about, we're talking about Cicely Tyson. So when people just randomly start posting Cicely in the past, I always I, scared that she died. So when they posted her last week, I was like, oh, they might be talking about her book because I had just bought her book the day before. And they was like, no, oh. she died. And I was like, fuck. Like she, I had just bought her book. It's just like, yeah, she was over 90, so she lived a good life, but like none of us thought that she was gonna die. Exactly. Like, can she get up to Betty White age? Betty White, what, 98? Yes. What's so she we needed her a little bit of we needed her at least to a hundred. Yeah. Even though I thought, even though I thought she was really a hundred when I first saw Sounder. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I love me some Sissy Tyson, the legend, the icon, beautiful. Um, she was classy, she was elegant, and we, she would truly be missed. She yeah, was, I think, um, like, I think about her, it's like, 
like the old pictures of her and like the statements that she made with like the roles that she took or like her image with her hair. Like I read part of the book, how like when she decided to cut her hair off, her mother like didn't speak to her and she did it because she didn't want to seem more aligned to white when she was doing black roles. And I was like, that was a um, a strong stance to take, especially like in the sixties and seventies, like yeah. they had to be the p- picture perfect, especially with her being of a darker complexion, like you had to fall into this category of being pleasant to the eye. And it's just like for her to do that. And I'm just like, yeah. And it's like, she's like everybody's grandma. Like you've been around forever. And it's like, it, it's like she, I guess she did what she needed to do. Yeah. You know, once you do what you need to do, like your time is done. But yeah, it's going to be a big loss. And she did it unapologetically. She did it unapologetically. She did it beautifully, gracefully, respectfully. And she was actually like respected in Hollywood. And you don't get that a lot from a lot of people in Hollywood. Like she was respected. That's good to hear. Cause like, like some of the people that we love, it's just like, you hear more things about them and you'd be like, nah, I shouldn't be loving them like that. But it's good to hear that. Like people are saying that she was respected who she projected herself okay. was. It's like who she actually was. So exactly. yeah, rest in peace, Cicely. Mm, Elijah Moss. I tell you 2020 and 2021 are taking people. I know, I know. I'm sitting here like, but who is over? I was sitting here thinking another uh, girlfriend of mine, we were like, so who's over? Everyone's going over 75. All the Black women actors, actresses are are gone over 75. So we were like, so who's left? And we were like, okay, so we have Felicia Rashad, but she's still here. She's under 75. Felicia Rashad, Whoopi Goldberg. Mm Mm-hmm. Greta Divine. I said, because all the greats, it's kind of like the end of a legacy. Like the women over 75, all of them, we can go on from Earth to Kid to everybody above, like they're gone. Now the black male actors, we have Cindy Poitier still here, Jane yes. Earl Jones, Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte. And it's amazing that Harry Belafonte is still here because both of him and Sidney Poitier were here when Dorothy Dandridge were here. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just, it's, it's, it's truly like an end of a, a legacy during that time, of the golden era during that time. I feel like we just have to keep them sacred, like keep them safe. It's like we need to like say a prayer over them because it's like they're dropping and it's just like, oh, we're now entering a new phase of life where like the people that we knew from our childhood are transitioning out and now we have to create new figures. But yeah, they're always the greats. Like even when I think about Harry Belafonte, when you said it and you mentioned Dorothy Dandridge, I'm like, yeah, damn, he was around. He was like acting right next to her and he's alive. Um, even Sydney, and I'm like, yeah, I like him a little bit, but I don't like what he did to Diane Curl. So that's another topic. But yeah, girl, <laughs> they're still here. So hopefully, you know, they're keeping safe. You don't have to hear nothing about them. Exactly. But yeah, it's Black History Month. I keep all I keep seeing on Instagram is like the video of Whitney and Bobby talking about we need a longer month. Um, <laughs> my girl Whitney, always about the shit. Um, <laughs> I'm a, I love Whitney forever and ever. I want to say I'm gonna love me some Whitney. But I think like a lot of black people don't know is that like February was chosen by a black man. Like it wasn't that America gave us this month. It was chosen by a black man. And like, yeah, this is the month that we have. But to be honest with you, I'm black every day. 365. 365, so, 24, seven yeah. days. But like I say this month, I'm gonna be blackety black. Yes. You will see everything about black. Black. Favorite color, black, black. 
I'm doing for everybody black. How you doing today? Black. <laughs> what you wearing yeah. today? Black. Yeah, I think like I think it's good, but I think it's also a time where I'm kind of looking to see about all these companies that were screaming Black Lives Matter, what they're gonna do this month. And like given like posting a post with like black models ain't enough for me. Like I need to see like what you're doing to like add to like organizations that are supporting black people what are you doing to make a statement about things that are happening to black people and like i really want to see that like i don't want to see any black brown models because half of the time they're not from america and they're biracial i need to really see like what's your stance and what you're doing i'm interested in seeing that this month exactly Um, yeah um i forgot that a black history month was created by a black man but it's the shortest month I wonder what went on. Why it's it's the shortest month out of all the months we had. I think, and I may be wrong, but I think it had something to do with like was it Abraham Lincoln or the person's birthday month or something in that month? It was something significant about that. Um, but yeah, it is the shortest month. I don't I don't really know why, but uh, I can't. Yeah, you always get the short end of the stick, my people. Is that not the story? <laughs> Always getting the short end of the damn stick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about Harriet Tubman on the twenty dollar bill? <sighs> Child, I think I think the excitement it's it's, it's just it's just done. It was, Harriet Tubman has always been like my 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 hero. I've always written about her. Every book report from school was always Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman. Who, who are you going to do your book report on today, today Therese? Harriet Tubman. <laughs> Just kind of like, you know, like she is my hero. But, you know, it really doesn't matter right now. I know that, you know, Biden is trying. He's up in that office signing bills. Like, he is just up in there signing these bills. Like, okay, I'm getting rid of his ass next. Mm-hmm. You know, but thank you. But at the same time, I really want to see some policy here. I want to see my loans gone. If I need gone. to get a, a literally electronic uh, docu-sign sent to me by email to let me know that, yes, I want my <laughs> taken care of that's great and i do want some type of reparations yeah and or a black policy month i think like (laughs) black policy month i think like it doesn't really phase me like it's like yeah it sounded good a few years ago but now it's just kind of like blah and the reason why it's because people don't really use cash in general so mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, I guess. But I also think it's like, I think it's another way to like profit off of black people. Like black people are all of a sudden going to try to need money so they can have images of Harriet Tubman. And I'm just like, I don't, mm, it was a good idea. But if it doesn't happen, I won't be surprised. I, don't, um, I just, yeah, I, yeah, I won't be surprised either. I also won't be surprised that, you know, we're going to be going into the digital dollar. It will be, you know, nice to have, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, I've met a, a few people who from different countries and they'll say, you, um, this was years ago when we've never had a black pe- president. So this white, I don't know, I think he was from Brazil. He was like, it's just crazy how, you know, you guys never in this country has never had a black president. You guys don't have any, you know, minorities on a, on your bill, on your money. And I just looked at him like, okay, he's correct and everything, you know, and it would be nice to have, you know, a black woman on a U.S. dollar bill, of course. But at the same time, I had to think about like we will, for some reason, I kind of feel like we'll be going into the digital dollar anyway. 
I think it's like, especially like, and I think that even more because due to the pandemic, people are not really trying to accept cash anymore. Mm-hmm. Usually when I do take cash out, it's to put it into a different account or like it's a place that doesn't accept cards, which is like mm-hmm. slim to nine, like a bodega or something. But it's like, yeah, I think. Oh, bodega. <laughs> I, miss, I miss my bodegas, child. My bodega up in Brooklyn. My bodega. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Like, I just don't think that we're going to be using cash much. And I think it's like what you're saying. Like, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I think like we're a lot further than what uh, like our parents might have thought we would be in 2021. So I'm just imagining like what's going to look 20 years from now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but since it's Black History Month, we're going to play a quick game of Black Card Revoke. Okay. You know, I'm judging you for all of your answers as you, <laughs> you are judging me. So the first one, best musical of all time. Now, mind you, all these categories are black. So don't don't say Grease. All categories are black. <laughs> so best okay. musical of all time. Okay. What do you think? I have my answer. Uh, I said The Wiz. Is that a musical? It is a musical. Okay. Yeah. Diana. The Wiz. I, I'm thinking either The Wiz or, wait a minute. Dream Girls? A dream musical. Girls Shut your mouth. Okay. Your mouth, Miss Effie White. <laughs> That's my. Mm. Yeah. I love Dream Girls. I remember seeing it in the theater on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah. Yes, me too. Me too. So I was going to say Dream Girls. I didn't even think about The Wiz. I used to love The Wiz growing up with Lena Horne at the end. When I think of home. Oh, no, that's Diana. But yeah. Yeah. Diana so, and Michael. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. what the originals. Okay, next one. If you could have one album to the end of time, what would that album be? Rap, R&B. Doesn't matter. Which album would it be? <sighs> you know, I love my music, my R&B. I, I really think I would go for The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Okay, Therese, why do you take my answer? <laughs> take my answer. <laughs> Because literally, I think I fought, like, I bought, like, four different Miss Education of Lauryn Hill CDs, and I think I fought, like, we was about to fight over the last somewhere, I could not find my CD. I was like, where is mine? See, like, literally, was is about, like, literally the best album. I think it's so timeless. Like, to be honest with you, I can listen. Every time I listen to that album or I hear one song, it triggers me to listen to the album. And I can listen to that album from beginning to end each time. And, like, some songs I hear, like, nothing even matters. Um, It's just, like, you hear those songs, and it's just, like, um, what's the other song that's up there? Um, I can't think of it right now. It's, like... You hear these songs and like the same emotions I felt the first time I heard it is there or like different emotions because I've matured. I think it's like an endless classic. It's just like. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I was going to say miseducation. Um, Even when I was thinking about another one that I think is like a bop from beginning to end. And we haven't seen this person since Mariah Carey, Emancipation of Mimi. Oh, yeah. That album was everything. So I love that album, too. It was. Back when she could sing. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. okay, next one. Best female rapper. I'm gonna go. Ha- I'm gonna have to go with Lauren Hill. That's <laughs> what people don't be remembering that Lauren is in fact a rapper too. I'm about to go with Lauren Hill because I'm trying to best female rapper. You know, I really did like uh, MC Light. Mm-hmm. 
Lauren Hill, Queen Latifah, but conscious wise, I was more into on that level. I will say I'm, I'm saying Lauren Hill. So I love bad boy. Like, I love that boy. So I was going to say Little Kim because I didn't even really think of Lauren Hill as a rapper either. But mm-hmm. like, I was going to say Little Kim because I also feel like she's influenced multiple generations, like especially the generation that we're in now. Mm-hmm. And like some of her songs, um, you want to rumble with a B, huh? Um, so yeah. <laughs> heck, I'm all open. So yeah. yeah, I was like those, I was going to say her. And like, I was like thinking about these, like the young, like this generation rappers. I was like, Cardi B is catchy, but she's not like a rapper. She has like the sing along rap. So that's not like the type of rap I want to listen to. I even thought about Nicki Minaj. I was like, uh, the Pink Friday album. I said, that was a great album. I said, I don't know what happened to that person. (laughs) Nicki can flow. Like, (sighs) Nicki can flow though. She can flow. Um, Cardi, right now, just kind of like, I, I still love Remy Ma. I, I love Remy Ma. Um, I wouldn't say she's like the best female rapper, but I, I do love Remy Ma. I love Rhapsody, of course. Um, right now, I just kind of feel like a lot of these, a lot of female rappers today, they're starting to look look the same. And I know this this is going to go off. the. They're all starting to look the same. They either be light-skinned, stripper-like, Nicki Minaj, Cardi B. They're all starting to look the same. And now I can say Big Lotto because she changed her name. So I'm very off subject. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel as though like some of them, they all are starting to look the same. And it's just like, it's not kind of like the rap that I grew up with. Like even when it's like with the rappers of this age, like I can't name anybody. Because I was like, I don't really listen to that type of rap. Like I like Jay-Z. Like it's like, you don't get that type of rap anymore. And it's just like... What what like what's going on? So yeah, I think like rappers and stuff. I, I'm just not into it, and I think I'm starting to age out. Like I used to think I was young, but now I'm like I'm not young no more because I don't know this, and it doesn't it doesn't work for me. Like some of you people might not like it, or like I don't even listen to Future. Like I can't. Yeah, I don't listen to Future either. <laughs> I can't. I was like, I don't have yeah. it. Not, it's the not last- yeah. The last thing I, you know, really liked from Future was Mask Off. And I was like, uh, yeah. So. I remember when I saw Future maybe three, four years ago. It was only $15. That's when he was dating Sierra. And like this might be about to get off topic. I think Future owes his career to Sierra. But that's another topic. Um, oh, yeah. He, took he knows that. that. He knows that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Grits. The Sugar Belonging Grits. Yes. Oh, Therese, I was expecting you to say no. I was raised on sugar and grits. However, I was not raised with sugar in my greens or spaghetti, child. No, ma'am. So, people put sugar in everything. And so, like, my mother's from the South, from Virginia. And when I saw people, like, put sugar in spaghetti, I'm like, that's not how I was raised. No, that's not the no. I, I need mine to be a little bit of, of I mean spice taint like Italian. Like yeah, I need I need actual spaghetti. But yeah, my grandmother used to put sugar in her spaghetti, and I was like, and she's like, "Do you want some?" I'm like, "No, no, grandma, I'm good, I'm good. I am perfectly fine." But you know, now I've noticed that my taste buds have changed, mm-hmm. and I can actually eat salt and grits, or you know, other spices and grits. 
uh, and, you know, sugar and grits. It doesn't really matter to me, but I grew up with sugar, eating sugar and grits. So I grew up eating like salt and pepper and grits. Um, my mom used to like, before, like I was even going to brunch, my mother used to do like the shrimp and grits at home. So like, mm-hmm. that's what I grew up with. I grew up with it having like a little spicy. You love grits you love grits. You love. If a restaurant has shipping grits, you best to believe that's what I'm getting. No matter how many times I've got it, <laughs> or catfish and grits, I'm getting me some grits. Um, yeah, I think it's the southern in my mom and dad. Like I love grits. Grits is a meal that will never go old for me. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's also like I've never had sugar and grits, so I don't know how it tastes. I just it doesn't like to me. I'm just like. I see it as something savory, so I don't picture sugar in it. So maybe I should try it, but I have never had it. Yeah, it's, it comes across kind of like oatmeal in a way. Hmm. I do love oatmeal, so maybe I should yeah. try it. But yeah, like I don't, um, I also, my black card might be taken. I don't like the taste of butter. So butter can be in food, but you'll never see me putting butter on my bread. Oh. Like I or my pancakes, like if I go out and I get pancakes and they put butter on it, you're gonna have to bring me another flapjack because I don't like the taste of butter on food. Interesting. That's the first. Okay, because I like me some melted butter on my pancakes. Can I, can I get actually melted butter so I can like that's that's me? Yeah, I can. I'm just like, mm, it doesn't. Mm, and it's been like that since a child. And I'm like, nah, I don't want any butter. But sugar and greens, though, that's blasphemy. Like, no. Mother does it. She does it. Like, mind you, I don't eat any food at her house. But she puts sugar and greens. That's a negative. Mm-mm. Like, I remember, like, seeing her pointing the greens. My mom was like, oh, no, I'm going to take over cooking right now. <laughs> like, she puts sugar in everything. I remember growing up, she was putting sugar in our, like, spaghetti. She put sugar in greens. And I'm just like, yes. that's how my mom makes it. <laughs> No, we don't need sugar. But you know, sugar isn't like everything we eat. Even sure. if you don't put, if that piece is going to be added sugars, that you notice when you look on back of nutrition labels, it says the amount of sugars and then it says added sugar. So you see, okay, I know that this label says seven grams of sugar and then it says 23 grams of added sugar. So you want to add more, but everything that you look at and we have had sugar in it already. Yeah, I, I do think sugars and everything. Like when people be like, oh, I'm doing a sugar-free diet. I'm like, what you eating? You drink literally, and yes, literally. <laughs> Not fruit, yeah. just vegetables. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Vegetables. That's all. They be snatched though, but I don't have that type of discipline. <laughs> snatched. I did that before for the um, Daniel, the Daniel's fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My father was like, where is your neck? And I was like, there. After 21 days, I did it because I was in that store. You know, I was in um, Trader Joe's, like, literally for three hours looking at every label, like, this is sugar. <laughs> like, literally crying. And I was like, you know, I'm going to still do it, my 21 day. And it wasn't necessarily for me to lose weight or anything like that. It was really, you know, the 21 day Daniel's fast. It was really was about, you know, the discipline and really trying to break some yolks, child. But yeah. I just think like right now I'm at the place where I want to do one of those diets, but like I just don't have like, I like food and I get bored with food. So I have to have a variety and it's just like, yeah, this is good for about two days, but I need something different. And you know, yeah, you like to have something different. You really like to eat leftovers. Okay, Therese, you didn't have to tell all my business. <laughs> you get my nose. You didn't have to tell them that. I just don't. Mm-mm. 
food that's left in refrigerators just don't taste as the good when you warm it back up. But you know, yeah. <laughs> Last one, and this is probably going to be controversial. Controversial. King and queen of R and B. I'm. I, I can't figure out who the king of R&B is. Wait a minute. I, I am kind of conflicted with the king of R&B. Mm-hmm. However, the queen of R&B, and this is someone who I thought I would like, you know, never really shed a tear or cry about a celebrity like that because I feel like, you know, teachers on, like, not teachers on, but like, they're human, they're people too. But Whitney Houston... Yeah, she is the queen of R&B. I'm going to push back. Whitney Houston is more pop than she, R&B. She is pop, but I thought about it and I was like, she's pop and she was R&B both. I think she yeah. she was universal, but, you know, who did you have? So I love Whitney. And only, like I didn't choose her because I thought pop, just like I didn't choose Beyonce either. And that might be shocker for listeners. But queen of R&B, I chose Mary J. Blige. Okay. Like from beginning to end, I felt like she has had like real R and B. Yeah. And she has. She has. And not necessarily because like of voice abilities. Right. Um, It's like consistent, like from being R and B from the very beginning to now. I was like, it has to be Mary for me. That's true. She has been really consistent. Her fans are still her fans. Consistent, despite the dance. Loyal fans. My life. Oh my goodness. My life, my life. My, mm, that's a share my world. That's an album right there. Yes. Yeah. She's had, I don't think she, yeah, I can, I can kind of see her being the queen of R and B hip. Yeah. Hip hop. So because she came in like when she, you know, she had this ruggedness, this, this grit with soul and R and B real love. It was just, that was her. And Yeah. And the reason I say R&B, too, is that because she was in a relationship with Jodeci, and that was real R&B. <laughs> yeah, that was real R&B. Yes, that was real R&B. Yes. So, like, the king. I was just like, this is kind of problematic for me, because I was like, we don't talk about this person, but, like, we can't forget about what he contributed. And I was like, who could I say next? And, like, I talked about it with a friend, and they were like, Chris Brown? I was like, nah. I was like, not, not no, he, he found himself in Barbie. Yeah, I was just like, I was like, mm, I don't necessarily know. And then I thought about like male singers that can really sing but don't have like a plethora of songs. So yeah. like Therese, I mean not Therese, um Tank, Tank can sing. And I was like, oh, he has a voice, but he doesn't have records to show for it. Yeah. And I was like, this is really hard for me because I don't know who I would choose. I don't know who I would choose. Who did you think of? <clears throat> I don't see nothing wrong. <sighs> I was like, I know we're not supposed to say that about him because he's off topic, but I was like, his music, <laughs> it still stands. Um, R. Kelly, R. Kelly. I, I, I literally erased him from my brain cavity. I literally have... <laughs> I literally have forgotten about R. Kelly. What? Literally. Yeah. So, like, I wanted to be known. I don't support his actions. That's not what I'm saying. I'm going to say that his little, his history of music, I was like, yes, for him. Um, another one that I like that I can't say, uh, I was going to say as a group, I love Jodeci. So, if I can't, but I don't think they transcended over time. 
But Jodeci right there, I feel as though that's like the real, that's the type of music that I'm looking for men to show up in R&B. Like, so all the female R&B artists are showing up. I'm looking for a man to sing to me like Jodeci. Yeah, there hasn't been. You know, I work with Jodeci and right? No. You know, I worked on that show, the reality show they did 10 years ago, um, Casey and JoJo. So I know, you know, I worked with J- Jodeci and, um, not Jodeci, but I worked with Casey and JoJo. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it was a, it was eye-opening. A lot of stories from, you know, the Devontae, Missy, Genuine, uh, Dalvin, Devontae. It, it was some stories we had to work through. Um, and I can understand how, how um, KC and Mary J were together. KC is very charismatic. Mm-hmm. Very charismatic a go-getter and respectful. He's not like that type of guy to where he's just going to, you know, be disrespectful or anything like that. And I know some other stories, there's some stories I can't really express, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, I, that was one of the best shows I worked on was the Casey and JoJo show, um, Come Clean on TV One, one of the best shows I worked on. Uh, JoJo was a trip. Um very nice, but if anybody wants to talk about KC, it's a total different image that everyone thinks. Mm-hmm. He's a really good dude. And Bobby Brown, I've met Bobby Brown before too. Bobby Brown is a really good dude too. So, yeah. Now, you know I love Whitney, so my feelings about Bobby. I, to be honest with you... I know a lot of people are like, you know, you know, I know some people got their feelings about Bobby, but Bobby... His siblings, they're they're really good people. I just, you know, Bobby's done some things and everything like that. And I know, but he's a good person. I think my only concern with Bobby is like in general with anybody, like how much that family still profits off her death. Oh, like yes. how he told his story and how he- how much of it was heavenly Whitney Houston. I just didn't like that. I was just like, yeah. you tell your story and like have characters, but they don't need to be more important than your character. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Right. So what have you been watching on TV? I have been watching, um, well, I finally decided to go ahead and watch American Skin. I wasn't really thinking about trying to watch American Skin. Can we talk about it? <laughs> so yeah, we can talk about it. What you you we can scratch some of this other stuff I have here in cinema and just talk about American Skin. You ready yeah. for it? Okay. Nothing about it was shocking. Like, nothing was shocking because Black people are always so forgiven of white people. And I'm just like, "Hmm, bye to that narrative. Him getting killed at the end, I knew he was going to get killed, even if he was not coming out with a weapon. I was like, it's not going to end all happy. Exactly. He's going to die. I'm dead. And I was just like, to be honest with you, I'm tired of seeing movies where, like, Black people are always, like, giving white people a second chance and they don't give us chances. Exactly. I felt like he should have shot him. (laughs) Exactly. I, I'm sorry. I, I feel like either he need to get shot, somebody needs to die on that on that force, on that police force. If I gotta die, somebody gonna die before me. <laughs> um, but I, I'm like, yeah, yeah, somebody should die. Yeah, and it shouldn't have no. Um, yeah. But I, what I do like about the movie, what set good with me, is I was like the dialogue. Like when they were about to have the trial and like the police officers saying, you know, their point of view. Because I say a lot of white people think that like saying that they don't see color is a compliment. Exactly. It's an insult. It's, <laughs> it's such an insult. Like, so you colorblind? 
he was like, so you colorblind? Like, come on now. I saw color. I started to, I started to know, like, see color when I was like four. So I, my, my, I was raised that I, I didn't see color. And like, literally we have grown as adults still saying they don't see color. Grown as adults. In professional developments, on TV, <laughs> in court. And I'm just like, you saying that you don't see my color, it's like you don't see me because my color is heavily influenced of who I am. Exactly. Like how I move in spaces is heavily associated with my color. Right, right. Um, but going back to, you know, me debating whether or not if I should see American skin, because going back to, you know, what Nate had to go through with... Um, what was the movie he came out with with previously and it was a scandal about the situation the nat turner movie with the rape situation right yeah the rape situation about that he was um indicted off that it was you know done and over with but there was a the transcripts were were really damaging like the transcripts and i'm just kind of like so you did do this and it, it I don't know. It's just kind of like, it's, it's still questionable, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, I don't want to compare, but going back to people like Casey Affleck and there's so many other actors in this industry who has done that or even worse. And they have not gotten caught. Some have gotten caught like Casey Affleck and he still continues to make movies and people are still going to go see his movies. So, um, and Nate and I, I had um, actually was in a room with Nate Parker on Clubhouse when I, one night. It was like very random. It was like 15 of us in a room. And he was in the room. And he was talking about it. And, you know, he was just like, we all need to, you know, I know what I've done and everything. And I really want to be able to, you know, show what we need to show in the, the art of film. He was just like, my focus is on, you know, my people and understanding what we, in our stories. So I can kind of, he kind of got like a little, some points there for that. But, you know, I still got a slight eyebrow raised. The movie was good. I just wish that the police officer was killed. Somebody should have died. And we need to change that narrative. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm tired as well of actually seeing someone given, we have, as a race, I think we're of, I've always said that we're of a compassionate race. Mm -hmm. We always have like that innate compassion. And I'm like, where does that come from? But at the same time, it's just kind of like that forgiving type of uh, mentality. Uh, let's change the narrative. Yes. And do, because you, you know what? Sometimes I kind of feel like if a, a police officer was shot, you know, white people do think that that's what actually we should do like that's what will happen in real life mm -hmm. <laughs> that we will start shooting police officers and this white guy was telling me one time he was just telling me he said we're just you know it's not that we are you know intimidated by you guys we were talking about race and he said we're just trying to understand how come you have we haven't been shot by now how come you guys haven't been shot how come we haven't been shot because if it was us you all would be shot <laughs> he was like he was like, I'm trying to understand sometimes, you know, when we talk about coming in here and you thinking that, you know, we're going to shoot up the place. We're wondering why you guys haven't done it already. 
Yeah, I think like black people in general are not trying to get revenge. Like they're just trying to get equality. But to equality. be honest with you, I just don't think that like equity or equality is going to happen without revenge or with, or without revolt. Um, and people might be like, Lauren, you crazy. But like, I'm dead ass serious. Like show them what it feels like. Be exactly what they see us as and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like we have played the role of not being who they think we are. And nothing has happened. So let's switch, flip the script <laughs> and see. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, it's just like, and even in the movie, like what stood out to me is like the Latino police officer. And I'm, mm, this could be a discussion too, because I, uh, I that can be a whole another discussion because he, mm-mm. people, I hate the word people of color because all skin folk ain't kin folk. And just because they're brown does not mean that they think they're equal to us. Because teaching in East Harlem and like having kids that were darker complexions of me saying that they weren't black really rubbed me the wrong way. Because I was like, family has taught you so much to hate black. But like, honey, you're black. It ain't no Afro-Latina. You're from Africa. Um, And it's just like him talking. It's just like, you're not one of these people. They still see you as a Latino and you trying so hard to be white. And like, ain't nobody seeing you as white. And, like, how hard he was going for that officer. And I'm just like, nah. Even the police captain was like, no, he was wrong. Even his, like, fellow police officers was like, no, this is not right. And you still going so hard for this man for what? For you to get a card to come to the table? Mm-mm. I am black with a capital B. Yeah. yeah. Capital B. I don't think... So I... I did like watching the movie. I did have some moments that clinched me because still seeing like black bodies be so disposable on TV is not comfortable for me. Um, I do feel as though a lot of time was invested in the writing. And I think that's the great thing that came from it. But I do wish that like the script and the narrative would have flipped. Yeah. Kill somebody. We can't kill them in real life. Kill them in film. That was the fact. I, I totally agree with you on that. Let's just change the narrative. And it, it's, it's of course, it's so political. Of course, it's political on his decision on um, on saving a white man at the end. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole different story. Well, that's a whole nother story with his whole, you know, rape allegations. Like, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to just keep mm-hmm. it moving. <laughs> I'm going to keep, keep it moving. So these episodes are pre-recorded. So this episode is going to come out two days before Valentine's Day. What okay. are you doing? Um, nada. From what I understand, it is what today is February 2nd, 12 days from now. Um, the usual, the past years, it's just a normal day. It's just a normal day. Yeah. Historically, that's how it's been. Like when I see like real adults going out for dates and stuff, I'm like, oh, this is a different thing. Because me and my girls, uh, <laughs> we are each other's Valentines. <laughs> my father has been my Valentine for the last 20, you know. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. You know, there's been times where we just are like <laughs> lots of dinner or whatever. And that's, that's pretty much what's been going on. And I'm just kind of like, you know, of course, I would like to be with someone other than, you know, estrogen. on valentine's day but if it doesn't if i'm not i'm not you know it's cool it's all good you know um yeah yeah that necessarily valentine's day have to do with like getting something like material or anything like that because i think that in a relationship if you're in a relationship valentine's day should be every day and or you should be you know catered with those gifts uh throughout the time even if it's not a gift 
Um, so I don't necessarily think that's like the premise of like Valentine's. Like, it's just me. I think like growing up, because I can say that's the only consistent example I had of like Valentine's Day with adults. It's like my parents, like I don't think my father ever made a big deal about it. Like he got my mother a card, maybe some like chocolates. Um, and he might have got her like a small gift they went out to dinner. I don't even think every year they went out to dinner. But I think what I remember the most is just like, you know, my father like consistently showing my mother's love. So like Valentine's Day might have been special because of the card or the holiday, but it wasn't a situation where like love was weighted. Like, you know, love was put into a box till that day. Um, and I think it's yeah. right to say with relationships. It happen- It should happen, like, where you recognize each other, but it shouldn't be a situation where, like, it's not happening consistently. Right, right. Um, I think the only thing I can say is, like, someone that has gotten it, please don't give me no big beer for Valentine's Day. Like, I used to get those in college. And I just, mm-mm. Like, the ones you get from Walmart. Yes. Uh, you can get me a bag of Kit Kats because I don't like the assorted chocolate. Uh, so just give me chocolate that I like. <laughs> it's funny because I can think about the last like six years. A lot of my Valentine has been like my students. Give me little cards, gifts, and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. You know, my students are Valentine's, my father and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah, that's how it usually is. Like, so this year I'm going to host like a small Valentine's for like five women. And we're just going to have like a little dinner, you know, chat and like have some champagne, but nothing much. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, um, for one, because it's COVID. And two, it's just like, yeah, you got your girls. That's that's what that's what it's going to look like. <laughs> yeah. Um, talking about girls, have you heard about Chloe? What's happening with her? I'm gonna have to let me let me do because that that's the trigger. It's it's so triggering. <laughs> like I've always loved Chloe and and um Holly since you know when it first came out. I was like these two girls they're they're stars. Like literally they're stars when I first saw them. But let Chloe be Chloe. She. She, she got her parents in her life in her life so she she's good she's good she, I don't think that she's gonna go on the on the route of uh Selena Gomez or you know she's not gonna go that route she, she'll be just fine she has a really good head on her shoulders and that's all due to her parents yeah I think the thing about Chloe is that I noticed it maybe like a few months ago when they were doing their music videos I was like oh she's coming into her womanhood like she's mm-hmm. and then when I saw her on Grownish I was like the girl you got a body <laughs> body yaddy yaddy um because I mentioned her last episode I was like oh that ass is woo and I was like she's really beautiful she's beautiful yeah and I was like to be honest with you I am not surprised by any of this I was telling my friends I was like it's going to happen I said they got separate Instagrams. She's more into her body and showing her body, like, and it's her choice. And I don't think it's like she's showing her body like a Kim Kardashian. It's like, right. this is my body. I'm wearing regular clothes. And if you see it, you see it. And I'm right. wearing something that insinuates my figure. Um, and I, I was like, they're going to like go in on her. And just like I said, it was going to happen. It happened. The only thing I don't wish would happen with her is that she wasn't crying on social media. You don't owe nobody a motherfucking explanation. You sure don't. I don't know. Yeah. She... I wish I agree with that. Like, you don't owe anyone an explanation, especially crying. Don't cry and do what you do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Lizzo be like, and? Exactly. <laughs> Lizzo like, this is my body and this. Like, literally. 
But you know the thing about it, and I mentioned this last episode, you know the people that be like in the comments saying the worst stuff? Other women. It don't even be men. It be like other women. And I be like, are you jealous because your body don't look like that? Because I'm not jealous that I don't have an ass like Chloe. If anything, I'm like, what can I do to get one? <laughs> it's just like, it's like, she's a young girl. She's 20 something. Like, that's what you do in your 20s. She's what, 21, 22? Yeah, like she's young. Like, I was just like, I don't like the fact that she was crying. It's also like, I do love is that how like, you know, it's always the black women who came and supported her. And I just feel as though like women should just get to the point where you realize you don't have to give an explanation for a damn thing you want to do. You sure don't. It's your choice. If you want to show a little bit, you want to show show all of it. That's on you. Like that's how I feel. Um, also, in new news, Ti and Tiny. I'm gonna just say it right here. You ready for it? I believe everything that's being said. <laughs> I believe everything that's being said. I feel as though Ti is trying to fuck everything but Tiny. I think Tiny is trying to do everything to keep Ti there, which I don't understand because she had the both before him. I believe everything. Now, do I feel as though like these women are not coming on their own? No, I feel as though it's like an agreement, like an open marriage. But um, do I think they're lying? Hell no. It it is it's it's I can't even it's I'm trying to like put everything together based off you know the information that the young lady put out on the internet and on her stories. If a few were kind of suspects. And the few were just kind of like, okay, but it's not too far fetched. All I have to say, based off, you know, the history between T.I. and Tiny and what we've heard and what we know, them getting arrested for the drugs a while back, the stories, it is possible. But this, it, it seems like, you know, it, it is possible. It don't seem far-fetched. That's all I have to say. I think it doesn't. So I don't. So how can I say this? I feel as though it's true, but you know, I, I don't know if it's happened. I think it's true. I think it's also true due to like the circles they run in. So like Candy, mm-hmm. she's very much so into like exploration of like sex. And I get it. Like everyone likes sex and you want great sex. But I feel as though she has people in her marriage too. And I think it's a thing that celebrities do and it's not frowned upon, but it's also a situation where it's not discussed. So when it does come into the public, like everybody wants to be like, oh, it's not happening. But like, it's not far-fetched. <laughs> I mean, any they, they, they're liable to do anything they want to do because they're married they can do whatever they want to do in their bedroom that's fine you you're they're grown adults they can do what the hell they want to do in their bed but i think the the main thing is is that unknowingly giving people drugs that's the thing because that's criminal uh, you can do what the hell you want to do in your own damn bedroom with anyone but if it gets to a point to where you're giving drugs unknowingly to people to have sex with them, that's pretty much rape. That's raping this criminal. I think that's it's And the thing that stands out to me is like, you ready for this? I haven't necessarily like fucked or trusted T.I., like fucked with him or trusted him since the whole situation with his daughter. It lets me know that he don't respect women in general. So if oh, he's going to do something like that to his daughter, I know damn well that it's possible that he could be drugging women to get what he wants. Yeah. And the, that's why I became full circle. I was like, if he's willing to do something extreme as this with his daughter, what, how does he think of other women that's not even related to him? It was even uncomfortable watching it when on the T.I. and Family Hustle show on VH1. It was mm-hmm. uncomfortable 
comfortable when they even revealed it because you it was it was like everyone looked at their phone and didn't want to say a peep they didn't want to talk about it because it was all like they it was uncomfortable i was like literally trying to clutch my invisible pearls when i was watching because it made me uncomfortable i was like what is going on and it was it came across as if i know tv of course but one thing to do one thing about the camera it don't lie <laughs> the camera do do it don't lie so it made me uncomfortable looking at it and also it came across as if he really didn't want to address it i don't think he feels so he done anything wrong i think ti in very much ways is a narcissist I think T.I. believes that the bigger words he uses makes him more intellectual. And I'm just like, no, nigga, anybody can pick a word out the dictionary. Exactly. Um, I think he does not respect women. Um, and I think that's very... Um, a different mechanism. Like, who he chose to be his wife. Right. right. He is very much so, like, you can tell that she's insecure due to how many modifications she's done to her body and her look. And not saying that changing your body or getting a bigger ass makes you insecure, but like the changing of the eyes, the changing of the nose, the changing of the butt. And I'm just like, oh, she's insecure. Oh, she's she her eyes. Oh she's trying God. to become like what he desires or what she thinks is beauty. So I know very well, like she's not standing her ground with him. Or even on the show, like when like they were separated and he cheated and she still stayed. It's like <clears throat> he's very much used to like talking his way out of things. And like that's what's happening. Yeah, he um, can be he can be a very misogynistic. He can be yes, he yeah, typical little man syndrome. Yeah, yeah, I think he, he's a textbook little man syndrome. Like literally, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen with this case. Um, usually, like you know, they pay people underneath the 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 rug but it's also a situation where it's always amazing to me that like people like T.I. be calling other people out for not standing up but no one's calling him out on these things because at the end of the day no. No one believes a black woman that's another thing too I don't know why it's every single time a black woman says something we're not taken seriously like we have to dissect it research it figure out if we believe it even if the facts say it's true exactly it's, yeah. Like it seems to like gaslit to where it's just crazy to me. It's 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 crazy. Yeah. Um, so I didn't even know these two people were still together, Tiffany <laughs> and Common. Um, I'm not gonna say too much about it because I don't really like Tiffany Haddish. You don't I just don't it's like I don't know how she can never get out of character. And I'm like, I'm like, maybe that's who she is in real life. But it's just like, it's just like, it's too much for me. It's like, you always are on. Like, I don't know. I just, it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't really care for her. I kind of feel about her acting the same way I feel about Kevin Hart. It's almost the same in every every movie. Um, And I didn't know that she was with Common, but I also feel like Common is like a fuckboy. I feel as though Common has been in too many relationships and they don't work. So he's the factor. He's the reason. Yeah. (laughs) Would you say that he's kind of similar to Lori Harvey? Well, Lori Harvey's like half his age, so that's another story. But she got, you never know what may happen with Lori and Michael, but Common, he's had, you know, he's had his his relationships in the industry. And it, it is kind of, you know, questionable. I raised the eyebrow like, hmm, you know, because... 
A lot of people talk about Common. A lot of people talked about Holly when she was dating all the time. What's wrong with Holly? What's wrong with Holly? You know? And it's just like, okay, well, what the hell is wrong with Common? So this is what I can say. When you say that, they might be the same in the sense that they're just dating freely. And I think mm-hmm. as a celebrities, when they're seen as dating, it's always seen as like a relationship when they could simply be dating. But I think the yeah. thing that gets me about comment is just like, maybe similar to Lori. He's been with like some prominent women. He's yeah, been yeah. with Erica. He's been with Carrie. He's been with, um, who else? Serena. Like, okay. Okay. Um, there's a trend there. Um, I'm very shocked about Tiffany. It doesn't really fall in the category of the other woman we just said, but it doesn't. I think that um, child, he's a Pisces man, and and I have my theories about Pisces men. <laughs> he he he's doing exactly what a Pisces man do. I'm gonna say that. <clears throat> what they do? What they do? They pretty much, you know, they necessarily don't have a type, but they're heartbreakers. When I say heartbreakers, they can be all in. And before you know it, they can be gone like run, run, road runner, and you won't even know why. Yeah, like the post about like I've had a man or a woman love me almost every day, and then one day just realizing they hate me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like he's just been not. And I don't want to say he's been with too many people. I just feel like he's been with many people. So it's like this. So I'm just like maybe it's a trim with him because usually all the people that he's been with, after he leaves them, they get in like a serious relationship. Right. You know, Tiffany Haddish is not a, she's not unattractive. Yeah, she's pretty. I just think she's so goddamn playful. It's just like, I don't know. And then I feel wrong about saying that about her because I feel, I do feel so she has the right to be whoever she wants to be. But like for my character, it's like, come on, girl. Yeah. Like, I feel like she's always like on go. Always on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Okay. So we're getting to the big part of this, this episode, situationships. All right, you guys, we're here. Are we not talking about Wendy? You want to talk about... Oh, okay, we can talk about Wendy. I didn't see the movie, but I saw the the post. Did you see it? I haven't seen it. Okay. Tell me about it. Well, if you haven't seen it, I want you to see it. Maybe it could be for next time. You know what I'm saying? But I I was impressed. The movie, I was impressed. Um, The actor, actress who played Wendy, uh, Sierra Payton, I think, that's her name she on point this was on point she was on point i think that that was a really good uh casting choice for wendy i think that um it was a pretty good movie i was impressed um i have nothing else to really say about it yeah i think i think like a lot of people have been giving her flat because it's her but i think one thing about her i think she tells the truth about herself even if it's not flattering yeah I, I agree. I think that it, what you see is what you get. And if you don't like if you, you, you either love her or you hate her. You know what I'm saying? So she's going to tell you the truth. I think that, you know, when she first came out and she was talking about all that stuff in the movie, um, I think she did mention Puff or her program director did because Puff did try to get her fired during that time. But they didn't tell the reason why in the movie. And everyone knows the reason why he she tried that he um the puff was trying to get Wendy hired fired. So um I believe it. Everything that you know, I would say majority of what Wendy was saying on her radio shows back in the day were true. 
she can be a nuisance. She could be uh, uh, like her banter. It could be uh, obnoxious. It could be very obnoxious when it could be uh, disrespectful. That's how it can be when it comes to celebrities. That's how I kind of feel. And I feel like most celebrities should already be prepped and understanding how Wendy is. I think a good person who knows how Wendy is and who put her in her place was Kiki. Kiki, she put a Wendy in her place. Like she, the, the, the comedic timing, the, the banter, um, she, she knows how, even though she's young, she knows how to really handle Wendy. Or what about Amarosa when they were going like back and forth from that episode? Like, but she was ready that day. She had time. Oh, oh yeah. Omarosa had ready that time. She was prepared and ready. I believe that as well. She was ready to flip the script. Like, oh, this is what you do to people when they come on your couch. So let's see how it feels with you. And like, Wendy had nothing to say. Nothing. Yeah. Or when my girl Whitney um, hit her up on the radio show. I was like, you don't know oh, my. Yeah. East Orange Finest. <laughs> Wendy was quite high right there. So she was just like, you don't know me. <laughs> yes, I remember that. But yeah, back onto like the big one, situationships. I think it's best that we both define it first so people know what we're talking about. Because, you know, people be trying to, oh no. So let's just define. What do you think a situationship is? <sighs> I think a situationship is something it's kind of like the talking in the middle of talking stage and then in the in between the like the dating stage and then you decide whether or not if you want to be in a relationship or not and if you don't you don't and it's just kind of like I won't say it's too like friends with benefits but it's kind of like it can be friends with benefits but at the same time having a, a discussion to get into a relationship. And if it doesn't happen, then the situationship is over. It could be like the complication stage. I think a situationship is sometimes the replacement for a relationship. Meaning like one party wants a relationship, the other party doesn't. But instead of letting that both parties walk away, one person wants to stay. So you get in a situationship. So, like, I'm with someone, they don't want to be with me, but I'm not ready to be free. I either I like what's happening here, and so I just stay in it of hopes of we get into the point of a relationship, but we don't ever really do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because I've, I've, be, I've been in situationships. I've been in relationships. And um, my ships. I figure what the hell I want to do is my ship and I, I make my own decisions. I think I've been in situationships, relationships. I also say my ships because it's been situations where I'm just like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Like, I'm okay with the scenario being this and I thought I had control. But at the end of the day, I was like doing it just because like that's all I thought I could get from it. So like, let me own it. So yeah, I've been in all three. I think like I was in a situationship for years um, and just recently like got out of it maybe like last year. But it was also like a situation because I think in my mind it was like all what I thought it was and it wasn't that way in reality I think situationships are very much so um (laughs) what you say I'm sorry like not real meaning like you're creating scenarios in your head for something that ain't ever happening or either one or the other has a a different take on the relationship and other ones like uh, you were in a relationship I don't know with who but it wasn't with me (laughs) so it's kind of like that like who were you in a relationship with 
not me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I think it's been like a situation where like, I, especially in college, like when it was the in-between phase of trying to like convince someone that they wanted to be with me and they're not wanting it, but also like, oh, either it was the dick or it was the like the company that I was staying for. So I stayed with and like, I used to like pick up bits and pieces of what they said or what they did to make me think that things were getting better. But in all actuality, mm-mm, girl, you crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, but our fuckboys and... Situationships are are they are they similar? I want to say no. I say that you can be in a relationship with a fuckboy. A situationship isn't a relationship. Okay, so you can actually be in a relationship with a fuckboy. I think fuckboys are very charismatic, so they could have you thinking that you're the only one, or have you thinking <laughs> that something that <clears throat> it isn't. But in fact, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know, because I, 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 I can kind of see what you're saying, because I know I've been in a situation to where, well, wait a minute. I can see what you're saying. Now I can see it, because I said being in a situation. I've been in a situation where I was, was like, me and the guy was already, I already told the guy, like, we can never be in a relationship. And he was like, yeah, I agree. But we can hug. But that was our situation. And he was like, yeah, that's what it's going to be. Um, <laughs> and that's just what it's going to be. So that's like, but it was kind of like my ship because I made the rules up, even though I knew he was a fuckboy. Yeah, I think it happens like that. I think my situation of fuckboys have been situations where like I have told myself that all I want is sex. Um, and I don't know if that's just because of like my whole idea of what I wanted or like what I was willing to accept because I wasn't willing to like get away from it. Um, I don't think I've ever dated a fuckboy. Um, I think I've been in situationships with fuckboys, if that makes sense. In my experience, I have dealt with fuckboys like at a younger age of like not really knowing I was dealing with a fuckboy. But as an older age, I think I've been able to like pinpoint it and decide if I wanted to interact with them. And I don't necessarily, it was like hurting me. It's just something that I decided I wanted to do. I don't think I've been unconscious of like a, but boy at this age but yeah have you ever been on the other side of a situation like the fuck boy or the person not wanting more um i have <laughs> i have been in a situation like i i, I could kind of say that's like a my shit like it's my rules i call you when i want some and when i want some it is what it is don't ask me no questions don't ask why it is what it is. I, I, I was in my little phase like that. Like, <laughs> like they gonna, they do it, I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to run it. I am, I have the power of my own P-Valley. I have the power of my P-Valley. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> that could be a rule book. Uh, I have the power of my own P-Valley. Okay. Like, <laughs> let Lori Hari write the beginning of it. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sometimes you and I, I kind of feel like all women should be able to have a power they own people. You cannot tell me what, when, how and where and what I'm going to do with what I need to do with mine because it's my body. Like mm-hmm. I had one dude tell me one time is it's like, no, you can't. Like I told him, it's like, I don't, I don't want to fool with you no more. Like I don't want it no more. He was just like and literally hurt his ego. When I tell you his ego was crushed and it came out of nowhere because I was like, I don't want to miss with you no more. Like I don't want you no more like that. <laughs> he was just like, what? And he was just like, oh, no. He was just like, this is my ego here. And I was just like, you know, I said, okay. 
And this is that's the and this is my pee valley here. I can do I, I can do what I want. And he was like, no, you know, he was like, let me. He was like, you gotta let me hit one more time. Like it was he was dead ass serious to like one more time. You got the good stuff. He was like, one more time before going. I was like, nah. He was like, one more time. I was like, no. I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. And I was like, I'm good. And I was like, if you, we had an actual deal that you were supposed to do something for my car and it didn't happen. That's one, that's for one thing. Mm-hmm. Well, if you, if you was trying to do, if you was wanting a sugar daddy, that's not, I said, no, that's not what I wanted was a sugar daddy. That's not what I wanted. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, this didn't happen. I'm good. I don't really want no more. He was like, no, it don't work that way. I got to come over and do this one last time. That's how it worked. I do it one last time. I said, no, that's not how it worked. Because I, I have the power of my own pee valley. Pretty much. I think. Um, that's how it worked. I think that could be an episode in itself. I think so many times that women forget that we hold all the cards we determine how things are going to go. And I think sometimes like society has like told us that like the men are able to do things that we can't do, but in actuality, we could do it a little more than them because men can't exist without it. Exactly. They're going to do what they need to do to get it. And if you make a certain rule for them to get it, they're going to do that. They're going to meet that expectation. Exactly. (laughs) Cause you know, if I would have said, okay, you can come over at nine o'clock and nine 30, he would have been over there as fast as I don't know what men will do anything. As long as we understand we have the power of our own P Valley. When I tell you men will do it, but we have to be able to, but the only thing that can be, that can be damaging. When I say have the power of the P Valley, I'm talking about, Learning how to have self-control of your emotions when it comes to women, come to us. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have that all together, it could be very damaging and it can be it could be damaging on both sides. It can be not healthy. Because um, and when I say that is because when I say my shifts and doing what you want to do in a situation and having the power of your own P Valley, I'm talking about how I have the self-control to say and call you when I want to call you. When you have that control, the emotions are taken out of it. So, Mm -hmm. but if you're having that lack of control and you're doing something with a guy almost every day, it's inevitable not for you to have that emotion come out. So that's why you have to say, okay, I'm even not to say like a schedule or plan, but you have to be able to have that control. But like, okay, on Fridays, okay, it's cool. Saturdays, okay, it's cool. But you cannot do it every day because you start to develop an emotional connection. And emotional connection is way more, farther more, um, not harmful, but far more stronger than a physical. I so that's why you have to be able to have that control. I agree 100% with you. And like the way you just said it, like made me like think of multiple situations where, Sometimes we get into like relationships or situationships where we don't even know why we like a person. It's just, it's comfortable. It's routine. So like, I'm used to talking to this person every day. I'm used to being with this person every day. I'm used to them coming over at this certain time. And so like routine, like humans are built by routine. So we don't want to lose that. And then like when you get out of it and you kind of think about like, what was it about this person or why was I with them? It was just emotions. Like we cling to people. Like we're humans, we need each other. And I think sometimes like in the past where, I have had moments where I were more control of my emotions or had moments where like I wasn't blowing a man up or calling them is because I wasn't really into them. 
But if we have that control, like you said, of our emotions, we're like, you know, we're, we're still living our life outside of them. We're still doing what we want to do outside of them and having boundaries. We're able to probably have more productive and like great relationships in general. Like it shouldn't be a situation where like you're a hundred percent anybody. Cause if you're a hundred percent anybody, like you're not fully yourself. So like having those right. moments where you're able to control yourself and be like, nah, I need to do for this for myself right now instead of calling that person. And I think like right. we get emotionally tied to someone and sometimes emotional ties are way deeper. Like you said, than just the physical, cause you could be with yeah. somebody else and still clinging on to that emotional tie. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the situation right there. Like, yeah, it's something that you can't let go of. Exactly. Um, soul ties and, you know, digmatize is, is real. <laughs> Being digmatized and soul ties <laughs> is real. So, um, that's why I kind of feel like it's just really, it's all about, you know, women, if, you know, I'm not in that space anymore. I was in that, in that space, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of really feel like it really depends on where you are in life when it comes to where, what you want. You, you start to really understand what your wants and your needs are. And I think that, you know, if you feel like, you know, it was a slip up here now, that's fine. But you got to learn how to take that control back emotionally. And I think that um, I know how to be able to compartmentalize certain things. And it could be a blessing and a curse in some ways. But right now, I kind of like at a point to where I'm intentionally dating. So I know what I want. Like if I'm if I'm attracted to you, because women already know what they want. In the beginning, if I know, I know, uh, yeah, we, we, he gonna get the draws. Like we already know, like literally. <laughs> and if I'm attracted to you, if you could be attractive and I'm not sexually attracted to you, mm-hmm. but if you're, and you could be not that attractive and I'm sexually attracted to you, I'm a, I'll pretty much like a safe sexual. Like if you, certain things may, I may be aroused or I like mm-hmm. that where I'm like, okay, cool. And if I'm, if, I'm feeling that way. You're not coming over my house. <laughs> you're not you're not coming over my house at a certain time. Like that's it's not gonna happen. So you have to be like, okay, cool. So I'm at that place where I'm like, you know, I'm intentionally dating mm-hmm. for a purpose because I want to be able to get, you know, have a family and, you know, get married on that end. I think like I, I mentioned that on the Lori Harvey um episode. It's like Dating is whatever you want it to be, but you just have to own why you're dating and like be intentional about like who you're dating for the reason why you're dating. So like exactly you can't necessarily be just dealing with like fuck boys. It's like a family is what you want. Like if you want fuck boys, then essentially look for those type of people. But yeah, I think it's like I think sometimes women or it's not really talked about a lot in our community where like how we have that power and like what it looks like to do these things. It's like, you just jump into the dating world. Like, Oh, I'm attracted to this person. And like, this is what I'm going to do, but not much conversation has been given to you about how you develop like those feelings or develop or determine if you like that person or not. I think it's just like, you know, yeah, you're not supposed to be dating to this age. You get to this age. Oh, all you're supposed to do is not get pregnant and you figure out the rest of y'all. Or don't be what's right. beating you. Like, it's like all the rules are what you're not supposed to do, but never what you're supposed to do. And I think exactly. that has a lot to do with like our parents not really knowing and their generation of just like surviving. And we're at a generation now where it's like, nah, I'm going to go after what I want and I'm going to really figure out what it is that I want. Yes. But I think like that was a great way to end the episode. I want to do this again. It felt really good talking to someone else while I was doing this. Um, 
it was a little few distractions. So hopefully the better the next time it's going to be way better. Um, but yeah, I like doing this. I like having someone to talk to. I hate that it has to be virtual. We know, but as always, thank you for listening. Um, subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave a review and also follow me on Run That Ish Back. Thank you.